You're listening to the Cannabis Investing Network. Before we begin, a short disclaimer. The full disclaimer follows at the end of this episode. This podcast is a general communication and is being provided for entertainment and information purposes only. It is educational in nature and is not designed to be a recommendation for any specific investment strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose. Please enjoy responsibly. Hello and welcome back to the Cannabis Investing Network podcast. My name is Manish and I'm here with the legend himself, Abby. How's it going? Mad Dog Manish. Hey, that's not bad. Give you a, <laughs> you give you a DMX into the Yeah. I was listening to DMX earlier this week, so. You seem very energetic. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> Abby, what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about bubbles. Bubbles. All right, yeah. tell me about it. Uh, champagne bubbles. No, we're talking about economic bubbles. Okay. And and I think there's an article in particular that we're going to be talking about, right? Yeah, I mean there's a couple that we that we'll we'll draw upon, mm-hmm. but um to give you kind of an overview on this episode, we'll basically talk about what is a bubble, mm-hmm. right? And and has the cannabis bubble popped and what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. But before we even define has a cannabis bubble popped, let's talk about what is a bubble, so yep. how you get to a bubble, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about what does this mean for cannabis? Yeah. And then from there, kind of just... Going forward, like, what, what does this actually mean? What's the effect of all this? Yeah, exactly. And how has it changed the industry from what it was to where we are today to where we see it going? Yeah. Right. And, and to be clear, I'm bringing up, you know, has the bubble popped in, in quotation marks here because we're seeing all these articles that say the cannabis bubble has popped, right? Yeah, so and, and, and I, I think we want to do this, this episode because it's like, well, is there even a bubble? What does that mean? Yeah. Right? right. So let's start with that. What, is, what does it actually mean when people say... You know, there's a can, there's a bubble, or there was a bubble. So, in broad terms, basically, a bubble or an economic bubble, it's essentially a phenomenon that's characterized by a surge in asset prices. Okay, okay. that go significantly beyond the fundamental valuations. So, valuations become irrational. Right. So, for example, you have an asset that's worth. $10, all of a sudden people are paying $30, $40, $50, $60, $70 for it, right? Right. 7x what the things are actually right. worth. And I guess the hard part is to understand what it, you know, when we say it's worth, it's trading for more than it's actually worth, it's like, well, who defines what it's actually worth? Right. So bubbles are often very hard to, de- uh, to detect, especially in real time, sure. right? And um, it's usually because there's a disagreement over the fundamental value of the asset. Okay. Right. So it's uh, it's it's funny. It's that that's where kind of the the stop or sorry the conversation sort of sort of start happening, which mm-hmm. is exactly the conversation we we're having right now. With are we in a cannabis bubble? What defines the bubble? What are, what's the asset really worth? Are the prices going up? Right. And, and bubbles can happen everywhere. They can happen in all commo- They can happen in commodities. Right. Financial instruments, real estate. Mm-hmm. We saw that with like two thousand and eight. Um, you can have it with uh, like some, gold, some people silver. think we're in a uh, a global uh, real estate bubble right now with housing prices and, and yeah, there's and also low interest rates, right? So, so th- these are conversations that happen all the time in almost every asset class. Uh, you know, this isn't specific to cannabis for sure, for sure. And even one step further, some people think that we're in a debt bubble yep. where the debt for corporations are rising significant, are rising just beyond. Uh, control, sure, right, and how, how, like obviously the just to show you how many different, like where bubbles can actually occur. They don't necessarily have to be. It doesn't have to be stocks. It doesn't have to be bonds. It can be almost. It can. It can be anything. It right? can be tulips. It can be tulips. Right. It was tulips. Exactly. Tulip mania is, is a documented example. as the first bubble. Yeah, and people point to that all the time. It's sort of an example of the classical bubble. 
Right, exactly. And so typically, I mean, look, we already said it's really difficult to detect if you're in a bubble or not. Mm -hmm. But typically, how do you know if you're in a bubble? So, so, I just want to make one last point on the the first thing about what is a bubble. Because I think when people hear this is a bubble, it's going to pop. Often, because that's very like, you know, uh, layman um, language, right? People sort of say that. And everybody understands, everybody says, somebody says this is a bubble and everybody kind of, regardless of their experience, has an idea of what that means in their head, right? right. But I think what, what's important to point out here is that um, anything, like bubble just refers to the activity that's happening around the fundamental asset or business, right? So like in real estate, for example, nobody's ever going to say that, if, you know, real estate can be in a bubble, but nobody would ever say that real estate has no value. Right. Nobody's going to ever say that, oh, that real estate is actually worthless. It's all a scam. And the there's just a bubble building up around it. Right. And that's right? a good point. Right. Because I think when people see a headline and this is why we wanted to address it, because when people see a headline like the cannabis bubble has popped, um, especially if you're you know an unsophisticated investor or you're watching from afar, it makes you very scared of what's going on in the industry. And you're, yeah. you're worried, oh, this is all a scam. You know, it's, it's all, a, you know whatever shell game with money yeah. it's important to or point to drop out the f word it's fraudulent yeah exactly right then people are worried about that right so i just want to point out that things can be in a bubble and yet the underlying business or industry or whatever can be totally legitimate and can have real value but bubble just means that the way people are behaving is driving up val driving up prices to you know irrational levels right and so exactly it's a good point bubble should not be synonymous with fraud or scams or anything. Absolutely. Right. So there could be a real underlying business. It's just the valuations are getting egregious. And so this kind of segues nice into the, the typical steps of a bubble. So there's an economist. Uh, he, he was a, a U.S. economist, um, someone that um, I studied a little while back uh, in school. His name was uh, Hyman Minsky. And so he basically describes the, a bubble as having sort of five, there's, there's typically five stages of a bubble. And the first stage being displacement. Okay. okay. The second one being a boom or like a surge in prices. Okay. Euphoria, mm -hmm. which is a feeling. And then you get sellers or smart money beginning to leave or profit taking, whatever you want to call it. That's, sure. that's step four. And then step five goes into panic. Got it. Okay. So that's, start, that's where the crash happens? That's, I mean... That's basically when the crash happens. That's basically when um, the crash has essentially already occurred, but because it's – the crash is already beginning to occur, but it's hard to get out. And right. So you're, you're like, all right, I'm, right. I'm done. I'm part of this. I've, these, are, these assets are essentially worthless. Right, and, and buyers flip to being sellers basically. Exactly. And, and, it's a know. race to the bottom, and everyone's trying to – it's a flee to the exit. Right. Okay, got it. Right? And so – Displacement. Well, what is displacement? Right. It's essentially a change in the underlying fundamentals that impact the macro economy. So a displacement essentially occurs when investors are enticed by like a new paradigm such as new technology or a new sector. Okay. Right. So cannabis, brand new or tulips, brand new. But in cannabis, the sort of industry started to emerge. People are like, oh, okay, like well, let's see what it is. Then you had displacement coming in where basically it's like, look, we're going to get this license eventually down the line. Mm -hmm. My facility right now isn't built yet, but it's going to be built and we're going to get this and it's going to be worth this much money. It's going to be worth ABC dollars. All right. And so you're like, okay, I'll give you ABC. Yeah. So, so to take a, a, a look at what actually happened in this, in this phase, 
is that, you know, we always talk about how now things have shifted. It used to be a tell me story and now people want the show me story, show me the actual right. results. Well, at the beginning of this, you can't show any results because there's, you know, the opportunity is still ahead of you, right? Like if, if at the beginning of legalization or just the talks of legalization, Nobody actually knows what the rules are going to be yet. Nobody has any real hard data to point to. So by its very nature, it has to be speculative, right? right. That's just how it goes. Exactly. Right? So there's – it's also important to point out here that when we talk about business fundamentals, well, there are no business fundamentals at this stage. Yeah. Right? They're, they're just by necessity can't be. Yeah. It's a story and it's a business plan. Right. And it is a good story too because people can see, look, this much money we th- – actually – People, even the data is inconclusive because when people are buying illegally, you know, there, there's no good data on it, right? But right. we can estimate and we can see that, hey, it's worth a lot of money, right? Like a lot of people are spending a lot of money there's on There's potential. There's potential here. Yeah, it's right? already it's being like, spent, right? So all yeah. we're having to do is capture that, right? So right. it's a very good story and, and, you know, we shouldn't denigrate the fact that you you had to sell a story because that's all you had to sell, right? You weren't able to sell anything else. Yeah, originally, exactly. Right. And, and 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 that's very important because so going back to the whole, hey, look, we're gonna build this facility out, we're gonna get a license, we're worth a hundred thousand dollars, right? Just as you, let's just put math into the uh, or put numbers in here. So they raise a hundred thousand dollars, they start building out the facility, um, they apply for their licenses, whatever, they still have some cash left on the balance sheet. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, look, we did everything we, were, we said we were going to do. Um, you know, we're now operational. We're starting to sell. You you see the massive potential already. That's company one. Now, company two is like, hey, we could do this too. Right. They're worth a hundred. They're worth a hundred thousand dollars when they before they, they, they raised the hundred, so they're worth five hundred or whatever, right? Yeah. They're they, yeah. Okay. So they, yeah. Well, so they, we'll give them a five x multiple. On sure. This. They're they're worth half a billion dollars. Um. So by no hundred thousand. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Added a couple of zeros there pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 Well, that's this is how bubbles work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it goes well into the boom phase, which is phase two. Right. Right. And so basically what ends up happening is, so, you know. So sorry, let me just make a point here, too. So um, at the beginning, right, the initial people going in have to take a lot of risk. So there's a lot of uncertainty. And one of the problems is trying to figure out. What are you worth today and what will you be worth in the future, right? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, again, there's no good data here. So people are guessing at how big the industry can be, right? So they're guessing at, well, how, you know, how much in sales can you generate? What kind of profit margins are you going to generate? How competitive is this going to be? We don't know. So often you have to offer investors really attractive valuations to jump in, right? So if things go well, they get a good return. Right. And then to your point, Abby, you know, that when that company goes and executes, suddenly they're, they go from being worth half a million dollars to maybe five million. Right. right. Because they actually they, they crossed a lot of that uncertainty. And, you know, now they're actually an operational company. So the original investor went 10x. Right. Yeah. On their on their money. Right. And that original investor went and told everyone at Thanksgiving exactly. dinner, hey, I went 10x on my ret- on, on this industry. Right. And the next thing you know, all your uncles, all your aunts, all your friends, everybody wants, everyone wants to get in because like they want to make money too. Right. And this is still really early stage. That person who made 10x, they're probably thinking, hey, let's do this again. This this went really well. Let me go invest more money in this. Yeah. Right. So that's where you start seeing the, you know, when we talk about the the displacement, I think it was called, right? That that uh, that grows exponentially. Because no, no, that, that would be the boom. The displacement would start. The oh, the start. Okay, got the it. Displacement is like the, essentially the beginning right, of okay. the space, right? So the boom is like a gradual increase in price. So you start saying, okay, this guy okay. went 10x, this guy's going to go 10. Right, and right, then it right. Starts getting, 
So, so what fuels the boom, though, is people, A, seeing the success, seeing the quick money being made. Um, and then that original investor also probably takes some of their profits out and starts reinvesting it in other companies. Right. But right? I just went 10x. I could probably do it again. So I'm going to take some money out and maybe do two or three more deals now, right? Exactly. So and it now, grows exponentially. So you start to gain momentum. Yeah. And I also want to say here, what happens is I like to think of a lot of things in terms of demand and supply. So um, at the beginning, you know, at the very early stages, um, demand you know, if investor demand, like so, so you know, the availability of capital is quite low because there's so much uncertainty. But once things start taking off and people start making money, then a lot of new money shows up and wants to get involved. But what's happening is the supply of opportunities is often quite limited. So you saw this in cannabis, where um, basically once things started heating up, all the companies started heating up, and there, there, it just felt like there wasn't enough companies to invest in. Right? right. Like like it was there was a limitation on opportunities and you had then people instantly overnight suddenly becoming cannabis entrepreneurs. Well, so what? Yeah. yeah. So what, basically what ends up happening is you start. Well, the reason they became entrepreneurs is because they saw the success of one company. Mm-hmm. Now it's getting broader in terms of people who are non entrepreneurs or not cannabis investors start realizing, hey, there's an opportunity here and momentum starts to build. And what happens with when momentum starts to build is you have an increase in participants. Right. They start entering in the market, Mm -hmm. essentially what you're getting at. And so this is basically setting the stage now. This is now an industry ripe for a boom phase. And then we touched on this in another episode, FOMO. Right. The fear of missing out. That kicks in. Right. And when that kicks in, it's like, listen, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I can get rich quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite uh, one of my favorite uh, things from a video. uh, And this is from like a. A person I respect and is like a good cannabis investor and entrepreneur. And uh, he said that cannabis was possibly the greatest. Um, oh, oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting this. The greatest uh, opportunity in the history of capitalism <laughs> that he had seen in his entire lifetime. It's very bold. But like when you think about it at a geographic scale, like, yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about this on our very first episode Is It Too Late to Invest? And we said it's hard to emphasize how big of an opportunity and a change this is. It's definitely not too late to invest. I don't think it's too late to invest today. Well, the funny thing is from when we made that episode to today, which is probably eight months or whatever, or six months, you know, the market has come down. Yeah. Right. The prices have come down despite, you know, fundamentally, uh, you know, if you're talking about the good companies or the good markets, a lot of progress has been made. Yeah. Right? So things have gotten a lot better, and yet prices have come down. Yeah, it's a legitimate industry. It's going to go through the growing pains like everybody else or mm-hmm. every other industry, but it's something that's going to be... I think it, I think this industry is going to be here for a long, long, long time. Yeah, agreed. Right? But so, so let's keep going. So so that was the boom phase, right? Yeah, so then, that's the, then the FOMO starts, start, sort of starts to happen, and then what basically ends up happening um, is euphoria. So this is like... Right. I don't want to say this is capitulation, but this is like you're getting to the peak. This is like euphoria. You are you've become a savant, and you're also a genius, right? Like you you went twenty x on your investment, right? So suddenly everyone's like, "How did you do it? You're so amazing!" And you're probably thinking to yourself, and I can again speak from having invested in a private placement that went twenty x. Yeah, you're thinking to yourself, like, "Man, I should have put twice as much money in." Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but like, like, like you said, you know. 
you think you're you become this avant, you're this genius. You're like, well, right. how do I do this? Let's start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you call your friend up. You're like, hey, That's I'm starting right. this. That's right. Maybe you put like uh, you call it C I N or something. <laughs> anyway, but like so during this whole euphoric phase, what you, but basically happens, you throw caution into the wind. Yes. Right. Yes. And, now and that's, it's like, sorry, that's what I was getting at with the whole I wish I, I should have invested more. Because even when you win, you're thinking, oh, man, I should have invested bigger. And I'm think, not going to make that mistake next time. I'm going to invest right. bigger on the next one. Right. There you go. So I was going to say, yeah, well, I think what ends up happening is you're like, OK, well, now you have more gunpowder to play with. You have more exactly. ammo to play with. Um, you can now say, OK, I'm going to start. I can sp- I can diversify. I'm using air quotes. I know, they, I know people can't see me, but mm. uh, you're diversifying amongst one sector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, did you read my journal from six months ago? Because you're giving me my own play-by-play here, so it's really <laughs> spooky. <laughs> I have a few copies of it here if yeah. anybody wants it. <laughs> um, but anyway, so when this starts to happen, when you throw caution to the wind, uh, and I don't, and, and I don't just mean you as like a listener, you, Manish. I mean you as in the general market participants. Yep. Everybody who's sort of in this industry is throwing caution to the wind, and they all want more, 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 and more. Yep. And they've already made money in this industry. They're now probably going to take some capital where they have elsewhere, sitting on the sideline, bring it in. That's right. Now you're adding fuel to the fire. It's starting to go. Asset prices are starting to skyrocket. And we should note here, the media becomes a big part of this as well. For sure. So you start hearing cannabis and all the headlines and every, you know, when things go, when people make a ton of money very quickly, it attracts a lot of attention. Exactly. And by its nature, cannabis is sexy because it's, you know, weed, it's pot, it's got this, you know, stigma associated with it, you know, negatively, but then also... That's the first thing that catches people's eye when it right. starts taking off. And it's not just sector-specific media. It's broad media. Oh, yeah. like right? and, and I think somebody, one of these uh, you know CEOs was, was showing how, like, if you opened the business paper in Toronto, it, it, you know, and you looked at the last week worth of, uh, you know, business headlines, there wasn't a single day that cannabis was not on the front page somewhere. But if you take form. it one step further and open maybe an art magazine or... A real estate investment thing, or not even an investment thing, a car magazine. People were still talking about. Oh, interesting! Like pot, not, maybe not a car magazine, but yeah, sure. <laughs> a, a YouTube channel, right? Like a news, some sort first, of news channel. The first hemp-made car. Yeah, that would be pretty cool, actually. You know, cannabis oil-driven car. Yeah, I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm sure somebody will figure that out at some point. <laughs> anyway, so what ends up happening? You got you got everybody talking about it. You know, your mother calls you up and says, "Hey." You know, how do I, like, have you heard of this or whatnot? People in the street start asking you. And, and I want to I just pause right here and say that, you know, when we, when, when one of the questions that we want to answer here is, are we or were we in a bubble, right? It's and, so difficult to tell, though. Yes, agreed. But I want to say that I do believe 2019 especially, kind of earlier slash mid part of the year, I do think valuations were getting egregious. I do think people were getting way too greedy. And a big sign of that is, you know, when I started telling people like, oh, yeah, this is what we've done. This, You know, we've gone 20x on this investment. I had people who just wanted to blindly throw money at companies um, and just ask me, hey, what's this company? I will give you, you know, X number of dollars right now to invest in it. But these are investors. Yeah, for sure. These are investors. Right. But I'm telling you, when you get into like a bubble, these are not investors. These are just like people, like it's speculators. No, no. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, these people had no involvement in cannabis. Like oh, maybe okay, they were okay, in real okay. estate. Okay. You know, but like that's what drives to me. That's that is bubble behavior. When people start, 
from outside start just trying to jump in with both feet yeah. and just say, hey, I'm just going to throw some money at this because everybody's going. I'm, all I'm hearing is about how much money people are making, and that's the FOMO, right? I just want to be in. Right. So, right. So I remember I, I do really remember that particular moment when, when one of my real estate clients was saying, hey, if you have a name, I'd love to throw the, you know this amount of money in. Yeah. And you know this guy didn't want to know. He didn't want to know the name of the company. He didn't want to know what the company did. He didn't want to know the dynamics of the industry. He just wanted to say, do you like the company? Yes, here's some money. I'll throw it at it. Right. So that to me was, a, was sort of a, a moment that stood out to me as being really concerning. Because when you have that behavior happening at scale, um, to me, that is bubble territory. It's definitely bubble territory. Right. And, and sure. ultimately, I just want to say here, I don't think that's healthy. I know people just feel like, hey, if things went up forever and they went up really fast, that would be great because I get to make some money. But that's unsustainable for an industry. No, that is. That is. But, and this is – hold on. We're, I'm going to put a pin in this. We'll come back. Okay, to this sure. And, and the reason why I want to put a pin in this is because I don't know – I mean, look, I don't want to use cannabis bubble in the same thing because it's really difficult to tell, if, especially when you're in a bubble, that if it's a bubble. Because corrections happen in industries all the time. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bubble. Yeah, but, but again – A bubble is literally something that implodes. Well, again, uh, that that's why I want to be careful because anything can go up irrationally and then and then come back, right? So that's not a bubble though, right? Like a bubble typically has to like look, look, if you look at tulip mania. Yeah. It prices went insane, it came back and that was it. Yeah. But right? uh, ultimately, I guess the point from the beginning of the episode was that bubble doesn't have to refer to a scam, right? Right. But I don't think tulip mania was a scam. Well, they were actually selling tulips. I think the problem was that people, you know, when rationality set in, it was like the intrinsic value of a tulip was very low. Right. right, compared to, yeah, but I think it was like like a branding thing or like a status. It was a status symbol, basically. I, I don't really know. To, to sure, the, the, the point is that, that I just want to make about cannabis is that it's possible that we were in a bubble. It's possible that the way valuations have come back down. You know what a, a better bubble would be to use? The dot-com bubble. Right, right? Okay. The dot-com bubble, like pets.com, that doesn't exist anymore. But sure. Amazon still exists. Sure. Google still exists, right? Sure. But... A 90%, you know, I made that number up. Yeah. A lot of companies in the dot-com era or the dot-com bubble don't exist anymore. They went to right. zero. They're not coming back. Right. Right. But nobody would ever say tech is a scam industry Yeah. today, right? Like tech yeah. obviously, you know, it's proven it's itself. Legitimate. It's a legitimate industry. Sure. Right. Like, you know, yeah, it is. It definitely is. The internet. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The internet's like on computers now. Yeah. So it's huge. <laughs> 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 but anyway, so basically we're still in euphoria now. So during euphoria, like you said, you get new participants that just blindly want to throw money at it. Mm -hmm. But you get one thing that's even a little bit more dangerous. Okay. You get justification. Okay. okay. You get justification by creating new valuation me uh, measures and metrics that essentially justify the relentless rise in prices. Right? So think about like... Well, no, this company's definitely worth this much. They have the funded capacity of ABC, which mm -hmm. is a metric that, we, that used to be used a lot. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about it in another episode. Uh, you brought up when MSOs first, US MSOs first came out. You would just take the population of all these states and say, well, look at the population of all these states. Total addressable this market. makes sense. Totalable. Yeah. Total addressable market, yeah. <laughs> Totable. That's not even a word. <laughs> Total addressable market. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and that's how they would exactly. justify valuation. Right. And now you're like, well, no, no, this isn't a bubble. This is a total addressable market. This makes right. sense. And now, do you want to say why that's flawed? Well, j just in general, I think it's very hard when this is happening to know 
what the correct valuation is going to be for these companies, right? Yeah. Because if you look at it and you go, oh, look, there's all these people they could serve if, if all of those people bought, you know, $5 of cannabis in a year. No, no, forget even forget even about that, right? Think of it this way. Just exactly like what you said just two seconds ago. Mm-hmm. All that is based off of, well, company A is worth $500 million. Sure. Company B being me, I should be worth $250 million at least. Relative valuation. Relative valuation sure. to total, 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 total addressable, addressable market. market. There you go. Right? Like, yeah, but – and so to that point, you know, hey, company A is in, in these 10 states. Company B is in these 20 states. Yeah. Company B says I'm, I should be worth twice as much. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, you're in the state. Well, what does that mean, right? Is, is it a good state to be in? Is it a limited license state? Is it medical? Is it rec? So, but you know, this is a rational investor talking. It's, Imagine it's, FOMO happening right. as well as euphoria and you're sitting 20x on a retur- on an investment. Are you going to ask those questions? Well, I mean, look, literally, that that was me, right? That was me in, you know, March, February, March of 2019 of this year when I started getting seriously into the U.S. And my policy is always, look, I want to try to understand things quite well before I start putting, you know, before I really jump in. So mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of dip my toe in. But I remember this when I was I was researching these companies and I was saying, well, this company doesn't seem like that good of a value. And then literally I looked at it the next week and it had like doubled. And I was like, oh, I guess I was wrong. Right. So so that's kind of how you learn how to think about it. And that becomes very dangerous. Right. Right. Or you look at a company that and you look at it and you go, well, their margins don't seem very good. But then they end up getting acquired and for twice you know, what it was worth. And, yeah. and you're just like. Oh, okay. I guess these guys know more than I do. Yeah. Right. So this this is where you get a lot of issues coming in, um, because, uh, to your point, like the FOMO's going on. Yeah. And there's a lot of uncertainty. Like it wasn't clear in March. You know, okay, you're in these ten markets, but we didn't have good insight or good data into which markets are are really good and which markets are going to be good. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the hard thing to really get your head around. Is like if you don't have good data yet, how do you make good decisions? Right. It's almost impossible. That's that's where I was sitting, right? But valuations are going up. You don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. You're sitting on a twenty banger. <laughs> it could be a, it could be a fifty banger the next one. Right. So you're like, okay, well, I got to throw something at this. Yeah. Right. And then okay, I'm, I did, last time I only put in, you know, I put in whatever dollar I put in. So I should put at least two times what I put in last time. So you start throwing that in there. Right. And then now you're you're you're, you're just sort of adding, again, more fuel to the fire. Right, right. And it's very difficult to know if you're in a bubble or not. Absolutely. Right? Um, you know, usually people say, like, oh, like the stock price comes up and they come crashing down. But when they're when you're in the up and coming, you don't see You don't know. Crash. No, and, and then often people who sell, too. Like, this happened to us on Medifarm, right? So um, me and some of my friends who invested in the company, we have this, like, group chat going, right, where we, you know, talk about the price. And, and in that phase, when it was taking off like a rocket ship, um, it would be like, you know, my strategy was as it hit certain metrics. When it hit 10x, I, w- I sold, you know, 10%. When it, yeah. when it hit, you know, 11, 12, 13x, I would sell a little bit at each sort of step, right, each interval. And there was one guy who just never sold. He just sat on his original investment. And by the time it got up to 20x, he looked like a genius, right? Because we had, I had sold off like a third of my position or whatever. Yeah. He had sitting on the entire thing at 20x. You do the math on how much money you missed out on, on yeah, right? yeah, like yeah. I do, and I'm like, oh man, this guy's brilliant! Like, <laughs> right? And and you mistake, you know, risk taking. You mistake luck. You mistake luck. At yeah, the, luck at and risk taking for for genius, right? Yeah, exactly. So so again, to your point, it's not clear. There's no clear answer, and and yes, you um, 
one of the things is people who sell early, then they feel really bad. Like, oh, I missed the real return. I missed the, you know, like, yeah. I, I missed the jump, even though they were doing what was prudent. Yeah, exactly. Right. So all of this, all of this um, basically creates an environment which is, which, which facilitates this kind of uh, risky behavior. Absolutely. And there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of buzz. It's exciting. This is where you want to be. Prices run up. Yeah. Now, in a typical industry, so cannabis isn't a typical industry, and the reason why it's not a typical industry, we did an episode recently about the U.S. Uh, the U.S. in general, mm -hmm. and how it's still federally illegal. Yes. So because of that, cannabis is kind of unique. Okay. Right? There was a lot of arbitrage opportunities that, that sort of arose. Um, so in this one, we're going to put a caveat in the set well, for, for this part, but the selling begins. Okay, or the profit taking begins. Okay, right, and if, in in your example, um, for for labs, which is a great company, mm -hmm. valuations I think are still compelling today, mm -hmm. even though <clears throat> you know you're sitting at a, a pretty big win, mm -hmm. you're probably still buying. I think that when the profit taking starts in a typical industry, you have something called sophisticated capital or smart capital or institutional guys who are watching the, the company a little bit more closely. They're watching the stock a little bit more closely. They're seeing who is starting to enter. Typically retail tends to enter and you're like, okay, I'm gonna start getting out, Sure, right? These are the big banks. And then they start sort of, they start seeing the warning signs and it's, they generally start taking um, their positions out. Sure. Start selling, right? And this is kind of estimating when the bubble is sort of hitting capitulation. It's going to start exploding. Start like going popping. the other way. Yeah, popping. Right. Right. Um, it's obviously difficult to anticipate, and it's extremely, um, it can be extremely hazardous if this is your investment strategy. Actually, who was it? Uh, was it John Keynes? I think he said first, um, the markets can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent. Yes, right? absolutely. and that's that's a, it's a very very important quote, and so you'll start seeing the sophisticated capital leave, right? Not necessarily saying that they're going to leave at the right time. In cannabis, is a little bit different. What what started to happen was it was a lot more retail inv in investors backing it up. The institutions came after the retail guys did. Then numbers started to come out, and what I mean by numbers, I mean their estimates, their earnings, the actual results. Yeah, the actual results started sure. to come out, and that's when people realized that hey, not all of these companies. Um, are are worth their valuation, and they started to sell. Well, there started to be, you know, eventually reality had to catch up with right. projections and expectations. And now this is where I want to get back to it, is cannabis a bubble? Is because right. we're now just seeing a price correction. Things are, like, the valuations are correcting to the levels that they should, that they should be by what the asset is. Right, so, so let's... let's what just, the asset's worth. So let's just look at... Right now, we're basically roughly around the end of November. Um, the valuations today, like that's why I want to say, like when we say bubble, well, you know, we've had massive corrections from the all-time highs earlier this year. Right. Right. So we have seen companies' values get, you know, depending on the company, um, cut in half. Yeah. Like anywhere from forty to seventy percent, depending on the company. Sure. And. You know, we covered this in an episode we did called All-Time Highs or All-Time Lows. Some of those companies still have a lot more room to fall, right? Ultimately, if you're a cash burner and you don't have a legitimate business. But so this is where 
this is where I it's I mean I don't know if cannabis is a bubble or not, but this is where it's very difficult to determine whether it's a bubble okay. or not because once that prick happens or once that explosion happens, whatever you want, that asset class or that industry can never inflate again or that bubble can never inflate again because legislation comes into place, subprime mortgage crisis will probably never happen again. The dot com boom will probably never happen again. Tulip mania will probably never happen again because things get put into place, right? Versus... I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. So, so real estate, for example, like it's mm -hmm. a great example of, um, so, you know, the subprime mortgage, mortgage crisis, like you're probably never going to have that same type of That's what I'm fuel to, to the fire. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that, you know, real estate could never go into a bubble again. Of course it could, right? Speculative behavior could always take over unless, you know, like, like the, the specific thing which fueled that, um, which fueled that bubble, yeah. um, will, will probably never happen again, right? Yeah. Because also because people will keep an eye out for it, right? Exactly. I'm, I'm not saying that real estate cannot go back up in value to, the, to, to what it did. Yeah. But I'm saying the reason why it went yeah, to there, that there price could will be never happen again. Potentially, right? There, there could be different things which, which drive it or whatever, yeah. but I hear what you're saying. But because, like, look, we, we talked about this right before, like the 1989 in Japan or the 80s. 1989, uh, I think 87 was, or 89 was, a, was a, the real estate crash. Um, yeah, and in Japan, I think it was '89 was like the 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 big okay. level popping. Sure, um, they haven't really recovered since. But again, that was a real estate example. Yep. 2008, 2007, 2008 was also another real estate example. So to go so to go back to the beginning of this podcast, and that's why I wanted to bring it up, is that f the way I look at when people say bubble, it has to do with valuations, mm -hmm. right? And I think people think exactly what you just said. When we say bubble and the bubble bursts, that's it. It's done. The party's over. Nobody's ever making money and it's all going to zero. Right. Right. I don't think that's an accurate description. I think bubble refers to capital markets activity, refers to speculation going rampant, refers to, you know, this irrational behavior we're talking about. Right. Um, and I do think we, we had that for cannabis in 2019. Mm -hmm. I think 2019 and maybe even parts of 2018 were part of that bubble behavior. Okay, I do think, to your point, we've had that pop. We've, we've seen it go the other way. We've seen valuations fall dramatically. Right. Um, but I do think we're going to see the next phase of it, which is the resurrection. We're going to see results start to bear out, and we're going to see rationality return. And the guys who are making money will get rewarded over sure. time. But so this typically after the euphoric, or sorry, after the uh, euphoric, after the selling begins, <clears throat> there's one last stage, which is the panic stage. Yep. So I, I, do you think there's been a panic? Absolutely. Yeah, no question. I, I mean, I, I can almost pinpoint the date for you. I think it was like October 13th or so. Yeah. Um, and if you look at like every chart, what you'll see is that that's kind of a date where all cannabis stocks, whether it be, you know, Labs or TrueLeave or, you know, those are the best guys, right? Or if you look at some of the really bad guys, everybody just took a huge dip that day. And that, to me, was capitulation and panic and selling and things just really hitting sort of this, um, this I, I won't call it bottom because we don't know what bottom is, yeah. but everything from there bounced back, right? And so some companies will still keep going down yeah. because ultimately they're not a viable business. They shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so in my opinion, the bubble behavior is over and it doesn't mean it can't heat up again, but I think to your point, people will think twice. They'll be more cautious. They'll be more disciplined because there's a, there's a term, you know, um, 
burned once, twice shy. So it means, you know, when you when you learn a hard lesson like losing money, like getting burned on an investment, you're going to you're going to be, you know, think twice as much next time before you get back in. Okay. Right? So a lot of people what they'll do is, especially the ones who were like that guy I was telling you about who was just willing to throw money at any name, once the bubble bursts, and I'm putting that in quotes, that per- that person may never come back to cannabis. Because they ultimately got caught up in the hype, they threw money at it, they didn't know anything about it, it pops, and then they're like, ah, okay, I'm done, I'm not, I'm not, you know, that was all a scam, I'm not coming back, right? Right. So it's going to be hard for it to heat back up again um, and get that, you know, that boom, because some of that money it will be very nervous about coming back to it. Right. Okay. But ultimately, I think what you're going to see is that... Uh, these companies are now, now that they're more developed, we're going to see companies coming out with good results. Yeah. We're, especially in the U.S., guys like TrueLeave are leading the charge in being able to actually come out with real earnings, real cash flow. And I don't know how long this takes. It could take a short amount of time. It could take a long amount of time. Okay. It could even take a longer amount of time. It could, it could take a, a long, long amount of time, Abby. <laughs> but the point is that over time, I think rationality will return and the yeah. people who are making money will be rewarded for it. So in my opinion, were we in a bubble? Yes, I think we were. Has that bubble popped? Yes, I think it has. But does it mean it's over? Absolutely not. I think what it's created is an opportunity for investors to get into good names, quality, good operators, yeah. quality operators at a discount. And the reason that I, th- I agree with you on the latter part of the statement now, I think this is a great opportunity to get into quality names. Um, and that's for a couple reasons. One, bank financing, not bank financing, financing has dried up. It's really tough for these companies to raise capital. Yeah. So companies that are well capitalized and what well capitalized means is they have a lot of cash or liquid assets on their balance sheet yep. are going to be a lot more impactful and can be can go out and either purchase companies or survive even if sales dip a little bit. Yep. Um, you just want to be in a well-capitalized company. And because bank financing, or sorry, because financing has dried up, it's even more important now. So that goes back to what you were saying about a quality company, right? And, uh, and sorry, just on that point, I think people often miss how important capital markets are to valuations. So for example, in real estate, you know, in commercial real estate, one thing we've seen is that there's been a huge push, like new money entering the market um, to get more involved in real estate because the appetite for real estate has gone up, right? So we have new lenders showing up all the time. We have new buyers showing up all the time. That has a huge impact on the price of real estate for commercial real estate because you have right. so many more buyers, but ultimately you have a limited product of the supply, right? So in cannabis, when you have too much money showing up, the problem is everybody gets funding and then you have too many businesses, which ultimately hurts earnings. Sure. But the unique thing about cannabis is the money that did show up. Okay. Okay. It wasn't your typical institutional money. It was retail money. Right. Or or some kind of sophisticated private money. Like on the private side, it was like hedge funds or family offices. Yeah, yeah that, that did those, those did show up. In, I'm saying at the private rounds, right? Like yeah, especially for the private mo- money, that's that's where they were involved for sure. And so usually, typically times like this, you want more patient investors. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people. I mean, this is this is where it uh, this is where it's very uh, cannabis is very is very unique because 
retail investors typically get touted as as unsophisticated capital, the dumb guys. Like yep. they're the ones who are left holding the bag. Sure. And that's not necessarily true because they're also the ones who's reaping the most reward yep. during, you know, volatility. Because a lot of retail people don't look at their portfolio every minute of the day. Sure. Right? They, they'll look at it maybe. Must be nice. <laughs> To not look at it. You yeah. try that sometime. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, so a lot of retail investors, they don't even know what they hold, right? They hire a, a money manager, the money manager does it for them, they just keep their stock for a little bit. And so if you don't look at it every day and you don't see these negative headlines, you don't know the price volatilities. You just look at your statement balance one day and you sure. look at your statement balance next quarter, right? Okay. Which means, you know, it could have gone up, it could have gone significantly down, you didn't sell. Whereas with institutions, they typically have sell discipline where they'll hit once the stock or company hits a certain metric, they tend to typically exit, right? So in a typical industry, when bubbles burst, when these institutionals, institutions leave, it hits mm -hmm. a certain metric and mm -hmm. they leave in heaps of cash. Sure. Right? That's when the dry up happens and retail, like not necessarily retail investors, but, it, but other investors can't get out. Okay. What I mean by they can't get out is because the price is moving so fast, you're either taking a massive loss or they're there's just nobody to sell the stock to. There's so there's just no buyers. Yep. Yeah. Right? Volume dries up. Yeah. So that typically that doesn't necessarily that hasn't happened with cannabis because there's been so much more retail and retail has kept that volume afloat. Yeah. So so just a point on that is that and this is new to me because being a real estate guy like coming to the cap you know the the stock market I never realized how important volume was. You know what I mean? Like I would look at a sh the share price like anybody else and I look at valuation, but I never understood that volume and liquidity in itself is like a currency. Yeah. Right? Well, volume typically, I mean, this isn't, this is a very broad definition, so don't hold me to it. Um, this is what I look at when I look at volume. Volume means new shareholders. Okay. Right. So there's more people that are entering the stock or they're, no. Sure. I, I mean, so technically volume is just units Traded. Being bought, bought or sold. Yeah, yeah it's, so it's, so it doesn't differentiate if you're a new or an old shareholder. No, it doesn't. Right? It doesn't. Um, but I I guess I didn't realize how important volume is to uh, you know keeping a, a, a stock afloat. Really. Yeah, to mitigating the to mitigating some of the the, the volatility volatility in the price. Right, and, and and that's what you see is a lot like stocks that a lot of stocks that don't get attention. Oh, they and they they might be good companies or they might have you know good plans. And I, I've been involved in some of these private placements that went public. And for whatever reason, didn't capture people's attention. And I mean, the volume, when you have very low volume, it's hard to buy or to sell. Like, I mean, the price has these crazy fluctuations to it, right? So to your point about, you know, the, again, putting this in air quotes, the bubble bursting, what happens now is I think a lot of what you've seen is, you know, when this was starting out, you had a limited number of companies and everybody wanting to get in and you had limited floats, like the actual shares available for sale were very yeah. limited. Yeah. So it caused a spike in prices. Now it's the other way around where you have a ton of companies, a ton of come out in the last you know year. Um, and now a lot of those investors who were throwing money in irrationally got burned and now they're shy. Yeah. Right. So the volumes dr like drastically went down. They're not gone by any means, but they, they went down, I think. And um, and you have a lot of shares being unlocked, so people mm -hmm. can now sell their shares and get out, right? So that that's causing a lot of pressure the other way down, right? So now it was it was helping that structure helped it shoot up. Now it's helping it fall down pretty rapidly, yeah, right. Um, ultimately, though, you know, to your point, there's still a lot of money on the sidelines yeah. that can't invest. That literally is like in the U.S. not allowed to invest in U.S. companies. Right. Right. And now capital 
is a barrier to entry like it was back in 2014. Mm -hmm. And cannabis cultivation especially is a capital-intensive business. You need 50 to $100 million, like minimum, to build out a cultivation facility. To build like an industrial-grade cultivation facility. Yeah, to, but to build it one at scale, right? Yeah. One, one which, you know, if you're doing a little micro-grow, that's one thing. But to build, and then to build a distribution network, et cetera, et cetera. So, so you need money. And if you have already raised your money and you, you are well capitalized and you have your operations up and running, yes, this capital crunch hurts. Um, the lack of capital hurts. But it, long term, as long as you can survive, it probably creates barriers of entry to mm -hmm. your future competition. For sure. <clears throat> for sure. For sure. Now, just, just to sort of wrap it up. Are we in a cannabis bubble? I think it's very difficult to tell. I, I can, I'll say I think we were in one. I think it's gone the other way and the bubble has popped, if you will. Um, and I think it's even gone, you know, I think it's gone the other way as is human nature. Things go too far one side, too far the other side. I think we're in, things are too negative right now. Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. again, good companies trading at discounts. As an investor, that's the opportunity for us. Right. Which makes sense. And I, 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 I still think that, <clears throat> sorry, I really want to just emphasize that. A bubble is not necessarily synonymous with scams, with frauds. It's um, a run-up on prices based off of speculation. Exactly. Did that happen? That's in all it is. Of course. I, yeah. We, we, you can look at a stock chart and you can see it, right? Um, again, stuff to the bubble. You got displacement, boom, euphoria, sellers, and then you got panic. Um, yeah, I think, I think this is a pretty comprehensive uh, episode just regarding what a bubble really is. I think this is a good good place to kind of wrap it up. For sure. Um, I, I'd say if I was going to leave people with one thought, it would just be that, and, and it's something we've said a couple times in the last month, I want to keep repeating this. If you want to be in this sector and you want to make money, you cannot invest like you were investing in 2017, 18, or even in, you know, most of 2019, right? Yeah. Things traded on speculation and hype. I'm not saying those days will never come back, I'm just saying that now things are based on fundamentals. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's how, in my opinion, it should be. Absolutely. Right? So if you want to be a successful investor in this industry, you need to change your mindset and you need to look for real value in quality companies. For sure. And I, I, I want to leave people, I know you left with a thought, but I want to leave them with, the, with, the, with a question uh, for any of our listeners out there. What bubbles have you been caught into that weren't necessarily cannabis? Let us know. Nice. Love to hear about it. Chat, just you know, give us a little brief thing. Maybe we'll give. Maybe we'll do a, a recap episode here. Um, and then on top of that, if you were caught in, if you think cannabis is a bubble, let us know as well, and let us sure. know why. Right? Like, were you caught in a company that went up and then now doesn't exist anymore? Um, and then just you know, why did you get in? Yeah, those are great questions. And, yeah. and the email address, guys, cinpodcast at gmail .com. That's all for today. Thank you very much, guys, and we will be back to you shortly. This podcast is a general communication and entertainment being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purposes. Any examples used in this podcast are generic, hypothetical, and for entertainment purposes only. None of Cannabis Investing Network or its affiliates are suggesting that the listener or any other person take a specific course of action or any action at all. Communications such as this are not impartial and are provided in connection with advertising and marketing of products and services. 
Prior to making any investment or financial decision, an investor should seek individualized advice from, from a personal financial, legal, tax, and other professional advisor that take into account all of the particular facts and circumstances for an investor's own situation. By listening to this communication, you agree with the intended purpose described earlier. Opinions and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice. We believe the information provided here is reliable, but should not be assumed to be accurate or complete. The views and st strategies described may not be suitable for all investors.